The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So we're spending time uh, these days with mindfulness of activities. So that overlaps quite a bit with what's called mindfulness in daily life. And the list of things to be mindful of in the the text we're going through um, is quite extensive. And uh, when I was in Japan practicing there, Zen monastery, they had a, a practice called uh, gatas. They would recite gatas, four-line verses that they would, um, and we were given all these verses, like a little book of verses to memorize. And uh, before we were going to eat, before we were going to shower, wash our hands, go to the bathroom, all these kind of sit, put on the clothes. There are all these ordinary activities we we did we did, and the idea was to recite these four verses that you memorized. that were specific for each one, and it was an aspiration uh, verse. May I, as I as I do this activity, may I? And it was always, as far as I remember, all of them had to do with. Um, um, dedicating it for the welfare of everyone, benefiting everyone from this. When I was at the, here in California at the Tassajara Zen Monastery, they used a little bit of that. Um, and mostly it was when we go to the baths, they had these natural hot springs that were, that uh, piped water into the baths. And so it was kind of a lovely place to go and shower and then bathe in. And, um, but there was an altar as you entered. And you would bow to the altar and you'd recite the four-line verse that was um, written on the, above the altar. And um, and it was, I don't remember it exactly how it went, but it went something like, um, as I enter the bath with all beings, you know, something like cleaning myself inside and out, uh, or something, yeah, I don't remember it, now I don't remember it, but... Uh, uh, was a little bit, and but you, you would recite this, and so the the um, we have one at IRC, our retreat center, that uh, was written a few years ago, uh, and um, I'll read it to you that I have here. It had to do with wa- hand washing because it's so important when forty people are living together and touching the same utensils, serving food and all that. Everyone washes their hands before we use the buffet table and serve ourselves. But to really emphasize the value of it, uh, we have this little verse that's posted on the... Cleaning my hands, I clean my heart and mind. Cleaning my heart and mind, I clean the world for others. And uh, if you memorize these kinds of verses, and when you do something, it takes a certain amount of attention and time to do it. You're preparing yourself for it. You're in, you're f- uh, funneling your attention, your energy, your and your time to do the activity you're doing. So you 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 don't think do things in a hurry when you recite a four line verse before you do it. And um, so the uh, so uh, by doing this in the Zen monastery, it, it was a training in learning how to take your time, slow down, don't be in a hurry, just do the thing you're doing 
when you're doing it. Kind of the idea of when, do, when you're doing something, just do it. When walking, just walk. When eating, just walk. And, um, and uh, I thought I would re- read one that... Um, do I have it here? No, I don't have it here. Maybe tomorrow. Um, by Thich Nhat Hanh. Thich Nhat Hanh has a whole little book with uh, these kinds of gattas, four-line verses. And um, so um, the um, what I'm trying to convey here is um, when you're practicing mindfulness and activities, don't do things in a hurry. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to slow down, but uh, you can do things fast sometimes without hurrying. Hurrying is being ahead of yourself, is propelling yourself uh, through, kind of through something or to the other side of it as quickly as you can. Whereas mindfulness is meant to be being there for the activity. If it needs to be done quickly, then be fully there in the, as it's surrender to the activity. I was a fast order cook for a while after being in the monastery. And um, what I learned in the monastery about how to surrendering to each activity and be really present for it, um, I learned to do in the, the kind of fast order cook. I was, I would just, that's all I did was the dance of spinning and turning and cooking many dishes at once. And uh, that's the only thing I did was all that. I kind of surrendered to that dance. And I would usually leave uh, my job feeling more concentrated than when I entered because of how I gave myself over to it. So uh, giving yourself over to the activity uh, without a hurry and uh, for, to, to live a mindful life, to live a life where there's some momentum where, for mindfulness to grow and enhance our life, grow in our life, uh, it really is uh, valuable to start bringing a, a, a good quality attention to what we're doing when we're doing it in the present moment. So I'll go through these this list with you again. When when um, acts in full awareness when going forward and returning. So you have to if you have to go someplace, uh, you have to go um, to the bathroom and come back. If you have to go to the kitchen to get something, come back. If you have to go to the bookcase to get something and come back. Um, uh, that's a time where, uh, if you want, can be your meditation time. That's a time for uh, cultivating your capacity for awareness. It's not just to be aware of what you're doing, which is valuable, but it's also what we're trying to do here with this satipatthana, this um, four foundations for mindfulness, is uh, to do these activities so that awareness becomes stronger. Present moment awareness becomes more second nature than it is something you have to remind yourself to do. So there's both for the purpose of being present and for the purposes of enhancing and developing uh, awareness. It's like a muscle awareness and you can develop it. Uh, One acts in full awareness when flexing and extending one's limbs. And so if you're going to reach for something, um, in Thailand, there, I don't know if it's still there, but there was a school of vipassana, a school of insight meditation, that relied on um, not the breathing, but rather, uh, you know, in breathing you're watching the, maybe the movements of the belly as it comes and goes. In this school, uh, you um, 
you watched your arm as you moved it. You would lift your arm, put it down to the side, lift the arm up, put it down to the side, and you'd be very focused and concentrated on the sensations of that movement. And the mind would get concentrated, a lot of calm would develop, and, um, and for some people, the movement of the arm was easier to track than uh, the breathing. And, you know, eventually the people who did it a lot became concentrated there, and with the concentration they would develop the further uh, steps of the vipassana. So, uh, uh, bending and extending one's limbs, wearing one's uh, robes and carrying one's bowl, so wearing one's uh, clothes, so putting on one's clothes, wearing them. Uh, in the For the monastics, uh, being mindful of your robes is important because one of the minor rules you can um, violate is, um, you know, monks wear kind of a skirt and then an outer robe over the skirt. And the big outer robe ex- uh, extends down to the edges of the skirt. And uh, and the robe has, to, the bottom of the skirt, the hem has to be lined up uh, parallel to the bottom of your skirt. And uh, if you don't do that, then um, it's a little violation. And so the um, so you have to be very, these robes that monks wear, you know, take take certain amount of mindfulness to keep them just right. So you have to be attentive to your clothes. And I, when I was a monastic, I loved, I, 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 I was surprised by this, but I came to like this a lot, quite a bit, because it was a call to constantly be mindful, constantly be attentive here. And rather than seeing it as a nuisance, I saw it as a kind of way of staying relaxed, not rushing ahead and not getting complicated, just staying present. One acts in full awareness when eating, drinking, consuming food, and tasting. The word for tasting apparently is not exactly tasting, but more like savoring. So certainly you don't want to be attached to it, but to be really present to feel and sense the taste. And um, there's a part of uh, lore of Buddhism, or part of the records from the ancient commentaries, is that a a lot of uh, practitioners became enlightened while they were eating. There's something about that detailed attention. And um, the first kind of opening, real opening kind of experience I had in Buddhist practice uh, occurred while I was sipping a cup of tea. So the idea that these uh, simple things can be really powerful if we're really present for them and really give ourselves over to it, sense it and be with it. Um, Full awareness when defecating and urinating. Sometimes it's said to be um, a kind of... um, you know, a really good poop is kind of like a uh, s- 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 uh, you know a minor nibbana, minor minor awakening. So really, be present for uh, these bodily functions that we do every day. And uh, when walking, standing, sitting, falling asleep, waking up, talking, and keeping silent, uh, I find it very uh, nice when I go to bed at night to uh, be present I don't, for the experience of being there and relaxing my body, being mindful and checking in and, and letting go of any, any stresses that's easy enough to let go of and just be there present. And uh, my teachers in Burma, they wanted us to be aware 
right up to the moment of sleep and actually be able to know if you fell asleep on the in-breath and the out-breath. I tried, I tried that for a long time and it's something I've never been able to do, so I've given up on that. And then to be present when we wake up and to know if you woke up on the in-breath and the out-breath. Also something I've never been able to do. And, um, uh, but then to wake up and then uh, begin the mindfulness as soon as we remember. Um, so what I've tried to convey today is, um, is how valuable it is to practice in activities. It's both valuable because it gives a uh, heightened attention to what we're doing, which is nice, but also it's a way of uh, strengthening, developing our capacity for mindfulness, capacity for awareness. And that these activities that we do that's listed in this text, each of them is quite, quite uh, valuable and has a lot of potential even potential for realization, for waking up, drinking, uh, you know, drinking, e- eating our food, drinking tea, going to the bathroom. Uh, all these things, you know, you don't want to, you want to be present for them because who knows, maybe uh, today, uh, the acti- some activity you're doing today is the activity that's going to be really dharmically significant for you, for your practice, really significant. And you don't want to miss it. You don't want to just have, have, have glossed over it. And uh, so, but we don't know which one it is. So maybe be careful today with all your activities. And who knows which one will bear some wonderful fruit. So um, there's a, there's a uh, data from Thich Nhat Hanh. Before starting the car, I know where I'm going. The car and I are one. If the car goes fast, I go fast. Thank you, Barbara. So, um, so there's lots of these wonderful verses, and uh, you can write your own four-line verse as a way of supporting you to um, enhance your engagement with uh, whatever you're doing. So thank you, and uh, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow, or, or being here with you tomorrow. <laughs>